Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm <laughs> Matt was standing up, and then he like stubbed his toe or something on the couch. The whole couch moved. Stubbed my butt on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm your host, Preston Dorn, as always, with my delightful butt-stubbing co-host. Bat Matt. I'll just be clattering around in the background all episode. No need to worry about me. <laughs> hey, Matt, want a chocolate chip scone? Sure, I'll take a chocolate chip scone. <laughs> Just have chocolate chip scones with me. Chocolate chip scones are delicious. Are they? Yeah. You ever had a chocolate chocolate chip scone? I don't know. I don't know if I've ever had a chocolate chip scone before. It looks good. Uh, Matt, before you eat that, what should people do? Uh, like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Uh, yep. No, check out our, um, well, I said Twitter last week. Go to our Facebook. That's where we post everything. Yep. You can find us there. These are okay. <laughs> oh. They get to listen to people eating, which is something that I absolutely hate. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, yeah, what what you been up to lately, Matt? Eating in your face? You want me to start this time since you're eating? Okay. Uh, so I've been, now that, like, the house is kind of wrapping up, not wrapping up, we've got a million years of shit to do, but it's, we've done all the things that require to be done to be livable, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, next step is building the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of important. Kind of important thing to have. You've just been peeing in the backyard and <laughs> pouring buckets of water over yourself for showers. Yep. Cool. Well, no, I just don't take showers. Oh. Yeah. No, that I pee in the ex- air and I shower golden showers. That explains a lot. Yep. Uh, no, I've, I've actually had a chance to start reading comics again. Uh, I went through the two that you lent me that mm-hmm. we've talked about, and I'm not going to like, if you want to know what they're about, just go back and listen to when Matt read them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but I'd love uh, to get your take on him at least uh it was catwoman when in rome which was totally fine yeah it wasn't like groundbreaking or anything it was interesting to i mean i've read catwoman comics and it's right about standard uh it's always fun to see a different person's perspective of what batman's like Mm -hmm. so as opposed to like following batman around and being batman you're like oh hey there's oh god batman's there ah it's Mm -hmm. kind of like it it puts it more daunting right uh perspective uh and then there was Hallowed Night. Haunted Night. Haunted Night. What was Hallowed Night? Something else? I think you're mixing up Long Halloween. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Haunted Night, which is the third. Right? It's. Because it's like year one, Long Halloween, and then. Well, it's sort of. It's it's in that continuity, but it's more just like little standalone stories. Okay. From Batman. It's the Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale yeah. team again. But, uh, yeah, no. So that was totally fine i i guess i okay. i liked it but it wasn't like another groundbreaking thing i think they slowly they kind of they're like each one it would get like a little less interesting okay also uh a christmas carol much a little bit oh yeah no that <laughs> completely was, yeah that's the explicit. last issue was literally just a christmas carol right and that's but with a, batman yeah that, that's explicit that's deliberate okay um well i figured yeah. it was honestly i think i liked haunted night the best out of all of those. I like the. So. I, honestly, while it was kind of bothering me the whole time I was reading it about the Christmas Carol mm-hmm. uh, ripoff, it. I did like it because it was very much throwing Batman in Batman's face. Right. And it's like, look, you're what you're doing is wrong, and he's like, fuck, what I'm doing is wrong, and then it ended like no Batman comic ever ends where he's just like, okay, people are getting murdered out in Gotham. I'm just gonna stay home and give treats out to kids. Mm-hmm. Like never ends like that. He's like. Well, suck it up, people. He's. I'm gonna go rescue people yeah. in in my Batman rubber suit. Yeah, 
I think I think this one has the most interesting stuff to say about Batman psychologically. Of yeah. Any of those like that little bit of the continuity. Yeah. But um, uh, we're gonna those. I read Sword of Sorcery, which is the most. Okay. I don't know. I was thinking about this. How I was gonna say this. I want to say the most girly comic, but I know more girls that are badass than us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can't really do that. Uh, classically effeminate. How about that? Sure. <laughs> I want to say toxic feminine, like, like a toxic masculine. There we go. Here, a toxic masculinity's view of girly. Okay. It's like pink. No, here we go. Flowery. It's flowery. flowery. Okay, there we go. There's a good word. Yep. It's very flowery. It's a entirely pink. Uh, front with uh, I mean she's like a warrior prince. She, she's mm-hmm. literally a warrior princess. Uh, she's from the gym world, and mm-hmm. she's of the house Amethyst, and okay. she's fighting like then each house has like a stone, like opal, diamond, uh, emerald, and uh, it's pretty interesting. It's something that's existed for a while, but never really like in DC continuity entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lady Amethyst or Amaya amethyst yeah is trying to defeat uh a series of people that are all bad in different houses because only apparently her house is the good house mm-hmm. and every other house is bad uh each each house has a blood power so like and ev- it, they're all different powers so like uh emerald is trans uh transforming or trans yeah trans form trans what's the mutate it's just transforming in general uh and then hers is uh uh and a vaguely defined Mm -hmm. (laughs) as as it would be uh but they introduce a new origin to eclipso which i don't know if you know who eclipso is i have no idea who eclipso is he is this fucker that attacks people every solar eclipse and he's got like the eclipse face looking face uh mm-hmm. he takes people over he has his black diamond which is his was his prison and is also like kind of a source of his power and he's had like a million different origins mm-hmm. uh and this one's kind of a new origin where he's actually from gym world which was nowhere near what he was before mm-hmm. uh and he is a uh he's the lord He's the he's the birth of a marriage between the the diamond and the opal, so black diamond. Black diamond that makes sense. Okay. Um, which is an interesting. It's a good way to like tie that in. Yeah. But it like takes away from everything that he's been in the past, mm-hmm. which is another thing that New Fifty Two does all the time. I'm not gonna say if it's good or bad because some of them are good, some of them are bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So that's interesting. And then I read. Oh, and in the back it has a story about Beowulf. Okay. Which is the story of Beowulf, but set in the future, like 300 years in the future, after the fall of humanity because of the superheroes. Huh. And Grindel's mother, you know the story of Beowulf, yeah, right? I know Beowulf. For yeah. people who don't know the story of Beowulf, uh, there's this guy, uh, he's Danish, right? He's from Something the, like Dan- the, the yeah. Danes. He came to Geatland to fight... Uh, Grindel, who was who kept attacking uh, Hrothgar, mm-hmm. which was the the mead hall for a king, mm-hmm. and kept attacking him because they were always like celebrating shit every day. That's got to be really monotonous. Yeah, um, imagine if your neighbors just had a nonstop party. You'd go you'd go nuts. Yeah, and you'd, go, them you'd go crazy once in a while too. Um, 
so he would go, he'd fought Grindel, he'd cut off his arm with a door, which I think, I that was not actually in the comic, mm-hmm. but I remember that so vividly because it's such an interesting <laughs> little thing. Use the door to cut off the thing's arm. Exactly. Fuck yeah. Um, and Ingenuity. then tracked Grindel, tracked a wounded Grindel back to, I can't remember what the place was, but where Grindel's mother was. Mm-hmm. And in the comic, Grindel's mother is actually a member of an organization that stems down from Amanda Waller. Okay. Um, huh. And Beowulf and Grindel are both, uh, like, created creatures of that to fight superhumans. Okay. And then he gets teleported back in time to fight Grindel, who is now suddenly a a shapeshifter and gets sent back in time. And it's super vague and, like, Grindel... Like an unnecessarily convoluted take on a classic story. It, it is. Okay. It's, but it's, it's actually kind of interesting. Uh, and then I read, I'm working on Dial H right now, which is mm-hmm. the guy who, uh, he dials H-E-R-O uh, on his, on a rotary phone mm-hmm. and then turns into a random hero. I haven't seen one familiar yet, but it's always funny. It, basically, like, he immediately understands what his person is. Like, he's like, I uh-huh. am, uh, oh crap, what was it? It's like, um... Fuck. I completely Sense of awkward silence. Yay! Anyway, it, it's like, it's kind of funny because he's a little bit sexist. He turned into a female hero. Mm-hmm. And he was like, a girl? I'm a girl? And like, there's a new character that had just shown up that's a girl. And she's like, what the fuck? Why? Why not? Why wouldn't? What, what's wrong with being a girl, you dick? <laughs> um, but he like, he understands what he's doing. And the it's... The character... It's interesting. the The superhero isn't him specifically. Mm-hmm. He kind of controls it. Mm-hmm. So like he gets the personality of the superhero, and automatically knows everything that the superhero can do. Okay. But he really just kind of controls the superhero sort a little, of little bit. Avatar situation. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Um, I'm a little bit in there. It's not the most fascinating read, mm-hmm. despite the interesting kind of like he's random here every time. But there's the the story, the villains, and, like, the plot of it is kind of confusing, and okay. I'm not totally sure what's happening. So how does he turn – what does he turn back from? Does he, like – He randomly it, – it depends on – it, like, into, it depends wildly that it's, like, sometimes it goes forever mm-hmm. – or not forever. Sometimes it goes really long time, and he's, like, come on, turn back, turn back, turn back. And sometimes it's a really short duration. Okay. The duration uh, is random. Okay. Uh, I read up the past of what Dial Hero – was and in the past he could dial O R E H and turn back. Okay. Um, and there was also uh, so that's the H dial. There's also the V dial, which you dial villain, turn into a villain, and then there's mm-hmm. also the S dial, which you dial sidekick and become a sidekick. Okay. Um, but those haven't been introduced yet. They have been introduced. They have made references to the past ones. So I think what they're gonna start going into once they get past this like one villain that they're fighting, mm-hmm. they're gonna get more into like oh you're the next one in the long line of these people who have been deemed worthy of having this thing. Mm-hmm. And he's a super out of shape dude. So it's actually kind of funny <laughs> when he's like in shape and he's like running, he's running. He's like, shit, shit, shit. I'm turning back. And then he turned to a fat guy. He's like, huff, 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 huff. <laughs> <laughs> he's still like running away from something and he's completely back out of shape. He smoked like 10 packs a day. Mm-hmm. Stuff kind of that stuff. Okay. But, yeah. All right. What have you been up to? Um, well, I've actually been running a lot my, of, I'm going to meet my scone now. Okay. I've been writing a lot of music, which I haven't done in a while. Hmm. Um, but 
reference pretty good. I had um sing one for us. No, don't. <laughs> Singing never sounds good. <laughs> it on doesn't podcast. really work on it. Yeah. Uh, no. So I had this. Um, well, several years ago, I just kind of sat down at a piano and I just. I saw a phrase just like looking at the keys. It's the only time that's ever happened. Interesting. And so I played it. I moved my mic away from me so I can eat and not make you guys hate me. <laughs> so I saw this phrase and I and then I played it later and I was like, okay, yeah, this is kind of cool. And so basically ever since then, and that was four or five years ago, I'll go back and I'll play through that phrase. And then usually when I get to the end, uh, well, not usually, but every now and then I'll get to the end and I'll be like, okay, well, here's where it should go next. And I'll write another couple measures or another little passage or something um and eventually it kind of turned out looking like it was going to be the first movement of a piano sonata uh, i mean it's not oh wait not an existing one no but it's becoming a sonata okay. yes yeah i thought you were like saying you accidentally wrote like a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's such a weird thing i accidentally wrote grieg's piano sonata <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what that means except you and other smart people i mean grieg wrote a piano sonata you know what a piano sonata is Vaguely. Yeah. Pretty I know what a Shakespeare sonata is. Was um, it an A, A, B, A, B, C, D, C, D? Something, something like that? Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so I've been chipping away at that for years, and I'm still kind of in the middle of it. But I sort of had this concept of how I wanted the second and third movements to go. And I was just lying in bed the other night. And all of a sudden, like, the beginning of the second movement crystallized very much into, like, this is exactly how I want this to go. Oh. And so then yesterday I sat down and banged out like a page and a half. Mm -hmm. And then from there I was like really excited. I was getting in the mood and I was like, okay, well now I know. Yeah, in how... the mood. <laughs> he had candles on the, on the, on the piano. He yeah. had sensual music going, but not like, well, I mean, it... very loud because you had to focus on your right, music. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Rose petals on the keys that I had to dodge. <laughs> Um, you are meticulously placed rose petals on the keys that you weren't going to use. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then the third movement, I had this other concept. I, I'll constantly carry around a couple notebooks that I'll just write down little scraps of ideas that I come up with. Mm -hmm. And I had one of those that I knew I somehow wanted to incorporate into the third movement. I was like, okay, well, this will make like a great sort of introductory passage. And then I can go into like this melody that I want. And so I wrote that and I wrote like a page and a half of the third movement. And so... It's the most productive we've been in music in like probably more than a year, so that was fun. Nice, but I, I look also... forward to hearing it mm -hmm. today while I am exporting this, this episode, and you are sitting at the piano okay. playing, which is something that is very typical. Remember. Yep, that's it's a standard for us. <laughs> yeah, I'll see what I can remember off the top of my head because this I've actually been writing out. Gotcha. Uh, but then I've also been doing some actual pop culture stuff. You loaned me first three volumes of Killer Be Killed. I did. Okay, like, Matt. Pace yourself. <laughs> I saw this coming. I didn't even think about this and you handed it back to me. I saw this coming. It's like, okay. Fourth volume's coming out eventually. Not too long, like a couple weeks. Uh eleven days from now, yeah. Eleven days from now. Okay, I, I thought, okay, Preston will get it. Preston will read it, and then I'll get that. And so what I want to do is I want to have some nice continuous flow, so I'll just kind of read these slowly. Well, I sat down the first day you loaned it to me and I read the entire first volume and I was like, Well, okay. <laughs> just stop, Matt. Just stop. So I stopped. I went a couple days, and then I was lying awake in bed, and I couldn't sleep, and they were just sitting there on my shelf looking at me, and I was like, okay, I'll just read a couple issues of the second volume, and then I'll go back to bed. And I read Binge volumes two and three. Two and three. It's so good, isn't it? It's good, yeah. Oh my god, it is like literally the epitome of a page turner. Yeah. It's so hard to put it down. Yeah. 
It's I just, saw this coming. Yep. Like when you like when you told me that when you like got out of the car and you're like I'm gonna try to like read it like at once every few days to try to get a yep. Uh, it's like that is not gonna fucking happen. No, it didn't work. <laughs> really didn't work. It's so good. It's great. I it's, love. It's just it's constantly mixing it up and it's like okay wait is this going this one way or is it going this other way and then yeah. complicate the plot in a natural but interesting way. It's like it. To a person who is not familiar with how plots generally work and how, like, to read into different things being written, mm-hmm. it might seem like they have no idea what they're doing. But they know exactly what they're doing. Right. Like, and with it. Not, like, they don't know what they're doing when writing, but, like, they don't know what they're doing with the story, but they know exactly what they're doing with the story. Yeah. They're just throwing you all these fucking curveballs, and you're like, oh, my God, is he sick? Is he not? Is he dead? I don't fucking know, man! Yeah. <laughs> I just, I really can't wait to see how this ends. Oh, I'm so excited. Because yeah. the fourth, because, as you know, and may, maybe some of the listeners know, that this this fourth volume that's coming out in 11 days is the last one. They, right. They're done. We should probably just do an episode on it after that that'd be a really good idea we can talk about that we can talk about what we want to see in the movie yeah and like casting yeah well let's do a killer be killed episode mm-hmm. uh two weeks from now yeah 11 days so well maybe three weeks from maybe now, three so weeks we from have now so we have can time to read it read it again it a little yeah. Bit, yeah yeah okay. no absolutely so yep. three weeks from now is a killer be killed <laughs> i had Excuse a flare you. in my throat <laughs> 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 uh if anyone's interested in reading it all of my Almost everybody that's listening is in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can absolutely just ask me yep. or come over to the apartment. I'm super cautious about loaning people mm-hmm. things. The only people I've ever actually given comics are you and Sean. Right. And it's because, like, I can kill both of you easily. Exactly. <laughs> know where I live. <laughs> no, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that to Sean. Um <laughs> definitely would to me yeah no uh no actually absolutely if you guys want to like read it and i highly i matt highly recommends it yeah clearly i highly recommend it yeah uh it's it's vulgar it's gruesome but it's it's very much image yes it's so good yeah i'm gonna go back and read them again yep fuck dial h i want to kill it kill again <laughs> heck yes um it's also i think it's probably great for people that don't read a whole lot of comics because it is much more grounded and straightforward mm-hmm. But it has that element. Yeah. Just enough to make it something that has to be told in a comics format, I think. Yeah. But it's also, there's not a whole lot of weird mythology going on behind yeah. it. It's a lot more just a real human story in a it's way. It's literally completely self-contained. Right. Yeah. And so it's probably a great spot if you don't mind a little violence and some boobs. Yeah. And you want to try some comics. It's a good one. Yep uh they'll typically since it's image comics if you guys whenever you wait around till next year's uh free comic book day image comics typically uh puts out the first issue of a lot of their comic runs mm-hmm. out for free uh so i got hooked on this one i read the yep. first issue and i was like well now i have to read it all yep uh so com- com- companies will do that comic companies will do that or they'll put mm-hmm. like the first issue out or they'll put like a uh Hey, look, this is the first few pages of, like, four different series. DC did that right. uh, this year. Um, but, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, it's it's so good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's no surprise that they're making a movie out of it. Yeah. It's going to be a rated R movie. It had better be. If they make it a PG-13 movie, they will take away about 20% of what that comic is. Yes. Which is just gruesome blood and, yep. like... L- I'm not going to spoil too much, but his dad drew pornography. Right. It's, <laughs> you can't really dance around that in a PG-13 yeah. setting. Yeah. 
This one needs to be off. Well, but we'll talk yep. about that yes, in three weeks. In a different episode. All right. Uh, Highly only, recommend it. Yep. The only other thing I've been up to is I watched the Better Call Saul season four premiere. Oh, yeah. And it is still up to its perfect standards. It might just be the best show currently running. So I've heard. Um, right, it also, me. it's really great because most TV shows I find, like, each season feels like a discrete event. Like, each of the seasons of Game of Thrones, I can very much be like... Okay, that is a season four thing that happens there. Yeah. And you can very much, like, break them up. This one, it just all feels like one coherent story. Okay. Which is really cool. So, okay, to ask if there's something bad about the show, does it feel like each season builds to something? Yeah, like, it does have its own uh, micro-level climaxes and um, emotional beats and... Uh, it's all like one giant character arc for. But like, is Saul. there like a is there like a season finale where you're just like, holy fuck, that was a yes. season finale? Okay, yeah, every time. And usually it's more small scale even than like Breaking Bad uh-huh. because it's not as life or death of a world. Although it's starting to get there. Yeah, they're bringing in more Breaking Bad characters. Um, it's very clearly building up to end, either with Breaking Bad, um, like at the beginning of Breaking Bad or. Um, maybe dance around Breaking Bad and then end at a point after it. Okay. Um, it does this interesting thing. At the very beginning of every season, it does like five minutes of black and white that is definitely set after Breaking Bad. Okay. Just kind of looking at where this character has ended up. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah, but really good show. Highly That's recommend. That's mildly NCIS-y. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever knew. I know what it is. Like you, I've seen were... a couple episodes. Okay, so you know that they always do like the last frame of the ep- of the that segment of the episode mm-hmm. at the very beginning. So it's like, oh, dead body. We're gonna end up with the dead body at the end of this chunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay. Yeah. I need to I need to go and watch that. Yeah. But that is first somewhere three, on my list. First three seasons are on Netflix. So check them out at some point. Cool. All right. News. News. Uh, look, Warner Brothers is doing another movie. Who cares? Me. I mean, it's Supergirl, which is fucking cool, but... Right. Like, this is another one of those things where it's like, okay, careful, because you already have a Supergirl show going on, Mm -hmm. but it's also like, hey, maybe if this does really well, they'll cancel that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, really hoping. It's like, they want to choose, because honestly, like, they're not good. I'm probably going to do an episode on that. I'll... I'll if I need to punish myself for something, like if I get suspended from school or something, I mm-hmm. will watch all of those CW shows and then do an episode on why they suck so much. Okay. And then also speculate as to why people actually enjoy these shows, which they should not. Because they have no sense of taste. Yep. Uh, it is, there was more news on it. I cannot remember where it went. Uh, I think the script is, oh, su- script is being written by Oren Uziel. Oren Uziel. I don't recognize the name. Okay. Also, I don't recognize many writers' names. Okay. Maybe we'll. I'll look that up while you do some other news. Okay. I've got more news, but all right. Well, you do speaking of DC stuff and TV shows, uh, Ruby Rose has been cast as Batwoman. Yes. Uh, hmm. I don't know how to feel. I mm-hmm. don't really know what she does. I'm also really skeptical about them doing a Batwoman on TV because mm-hmm. they're going to ruin her, and she's right. awesome. Like, well, okay. Uh, assume this is a perfect universe where we will get a well-written show with good effects and story and all that. Uh-huh. Is she a good casting choice? In I have that no universe? idea. What has she okay. done? 
I think she's best known for Orange is the New Black, which um, I have she play? not seen. I don't oh. know. I haven't seen any of it. I, I saw the first season mm-hmm. and a half of it. She's in John Wick 2. Uh, doesn't it? have a whole lot to do, but she's pretty good in that. I think that's the only thing I've ever seen her in. Um, but from what I understand, she's a pretty good actress. Okay. I, uh, I have to go back and read the Batwoman comics. Uh, I'm not super up to date on who she is, but I, mm-hmm. obviously I know it's Kate Kane. It's cousin of Batman, mm-hmm. um, which is really funny because you'll occasionally see like every Batman needs a Batwoman. It's like needs a cousin. Fuck yeah, I guess. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> not not really, because what if your parents are an only child? Yeah, fucking. You don't right. have much control over that. Do you? Um, but I don't know. It's if they're gonna go. One of the things I'm really concerned about is stylistically, Batwoman is super fucking pale. Mm-hmm. Like, like she actually puts white makeup on. They actually make a point about that okay. in some, um, and like bright red hair, like mm-hmm. along the lines of like I saw an article. It's like does does Hollywood know how red what redheads look like? Because all if you, you got all, all your redheads in yeah. movies that are just like red hair, like your Mira, Mira, uh, Black Widow, stuff yeah. like that. Um, so stuff like that. Um, I. One concern I have is that they're going to make her the gay character. Mm-hmm. She's gay, right? But don't make a movie or don't make a show about her because you need a gay character, right? That is a terrible reason to make a show. Yeah, and it's also a terrible waste of a character, right? And it's also a terrible like representation of gay people that they're just there to be the gay person. Yeah, let's not tokenize this. Yeah, ex- exactly. There you yeah. go. Tokenize. Is that a word that's existed yeah. or yeah, is that in our that's a thing. lexicon? Damn no, it. That's a thing. All right. Can't can't take credit for that. Okay. Um, uh, I have Oren Uziel written up, up, pulled up. He's done the Cloverfield Paradox, Shimmer Lake. Oh, wait, are these what he's written? Okay. Uh, Twenty Two Jump Street and Freaks of Nature. Okay. So, so he has written before. You can't really tell anything from a writer's like what they've done. Okay. Uvra, is that how you pronounce that? Huh? Uvra. What do you mean? Oh. The, the the thing where it's like it, it encompasses their their body of work is that the the oeuvre is that i have no idea okay. what you're talking about <laughs> i'm gonna stop this tell me in the comments how to pr- i don't think there's also a writer for a mortal combat something that doesn't have a picture on imdb so it's really low-key okay uh oh he directed shimmer lake he wrote yeah those are the, okay what is it oh mortal combat legacy mm-hmm. mortal combat rebirth okay okay so it mm, i mean he he has worked in hollywood before yeah on reasonably high profile projects so presumably he's at least competent i wouldn't say that (laughs) i mean the cloverfield cloverfield paradox is is a high but like the mortal Kombat things never those. yeah no (laughs) um okay so uh flash is confirmed to begin production in february of 2019 right Um, until they fire the director again yep uh Batman also, I heard, is confirmed for starting production early twenty. I did not see that. When when did that get confirmed? Uh, I think I saw that yesterday, or it would have been maybe yeah, probably yesterday. Okay, uh, I'm not sure. That might just be a rumor. Yeah. Um, we still got fucking Batman in and out and in and out and in and yeah. out and in and out. Yeah. Batman they'll, is or Ben be Affleck shooting. is literally fucking Hollywood right now. <laughs> they'll just be shooting, and Ben Affleck will like not show up, and they'll be like, "Okay, well, can we get Jake Gyllenhaal down here today?" <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just gonna be like Welcome constantly to... like it's a movie of two Batman. It, 
well like and then jake gyllenhaal will go off to shoot some other project and they'll be like okay uh well who else can we get what about army hammer is he doing anything right now <laughs> it's just gonna be like a movie and it's gonna be like four or five different play- characters playing batman into and the bataverse address it into the bataverse <laughs> yeah oh god this is gonna be a disaster yep we need we don't need another bat do we need another batman movie like personally a person who like would love another batman movie i don't think we need another batman movie <laughs> Um, not right now, probably, but also, like, we're gonna get more Batman movies from now till the end of time. Yeah. And this is probably a good spot to do it. There's a lot of money involved in the project, and Matt Reeves is a talented, creative guy. So, okay. uh, if we're gonna get one, this seems like the right time to do it, not 10 years down the road when DC has collapsed and they try to make it with $20 million and yeah. some no-name. Um, what else is there? Oop, oop, oop. Uh, yep. fuck. I had oh, uh, Birds of Prey villain confirmed as Black Mask. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which yeah. holy shit, guys! I've been saying for a long time that I want a movie star like with Black Mask yeah, as a villain. Need to get him in there. Fucking holy hell, guys! Yeah, I did it. Look at the influence <laughs> I have. I control Hollywood. Um, I'm cons- I I'm interested to see how they go with what his mask is. If they go like uh, so there's been different things that the Black Mask is just a mask that's made of ebony mm-hmm. uh that is just like wears and then he has mind control powers mm-hmm. uh other other origins it's a mask made out of his dad's casket of ebony and mm-hmm. it actually controls him it makes him go crazy and okay. then controls everyone around him uh so we'll see how they go on that all right i wonder they're probably gonna go more with he has the powers and it's just a mask because the other one is very comic booky right like but- the mask like Animated objects is very comic booky. Yeah. Although they did the katana. Right. And in fairness, DC has shown very little restraint on going full comic book. That's true. With their universe. That's really true, yeah. So maybe we'll get that. Yeah. Maybe that's we'll get I that. mean that's what's that's the current continuity, and that's the most widely used continuity. Mm-hmm. If they need to go more grounded, they'll just be like, Oh, it's a mask and he's the one with the powers. But yep. usually it's it's his dad's casket. We'll see how they approach it. Yeah. Roman Sionis. Uh-huh um well moving over to marvel uh there have been just so many rumors surrounding what's going to happen with guardians of the galaxy 3 oh my god uh, we might not have a drax <laughs> might not have a drax uh, there was a rumor that they were going to not use the script and then they came out and they said they were going to use the script and now um marvel apparently is pushing to try to get him rehired yeah uh, i don't i don't know what's going to happen to it if he gets rehired like, I feel like right. there's going to be, like, a, a closed shut, or a cold shut, which I don't know if you know what that means. I don't. Uh, cold shut is when you're forging and you pour uh, molten into two different segments, and they come mm-hmm. together, but they kind of start to solidify on their edges, mm-hmm. and they come together. You can usually see that there's an actual seam mm-hmm. with kind of, like, a, there's a, it's a, that's what it's called a cold shut. It's when okay. it comes together, it's not solid. Okay. I feel like there's going to be kind of that feel to it, mm-hmm. that, like, there's this disconnect between him and the project now mm-hmm. that he's gone through all this and he's just like i've lost all my passion for this project because of what i just went through i can if see he gets that. rehired I can or see if that. he's just like fuck you you fired me you're stuck with shit now yeah go hire a really bad director i couldn't think of one offhand but... <laughs> mcg go hire mcg <laughs> mcg but uh no like that's like you have dave batista who's pulling a star move right now and it's just mm-hmm. like if you don't have him i'm not gonna be in the fucking project what if they? So it seems very much that they're not that they're going for post Infinity Infinity War. I keep saying Infinity War. Uh, post Infinity War, they're not actually dead. 
because mm-hmm. you've got Spider-Man coming back, you've got Guardians coming mm-hmm. back, and like all the stars are like talking about if they're coming back or not. It's right. Like, but and you can't do all movies where it's a flashback to when they existed because that kind of defeats the the right. impact of them dying at the end. Right. Um. So Spoilers I think for Infinity War, by the way, huh? Spoilers for Infinity War. It's been out for a long time. They can <laughs> fucking um. But uh, so. What I, what I find amusing, what I would find hilarious and amazing is if all of the Guardians cast refuses to come back, if they don't hire, rehire, hire James Gunn, mm-hmm. they don't rehire James Gunn, they have to go with that they're dead. Right. And they have to reboot all of their future stuff mm-hmm. or re, like they're, rewrite all their stuff, like change what Spider-Man Far From Home is about, like mm-hmm. because they're actually dead. Because they fired James Gunn. I still think it's possible that... Firing James Gunn literally killed the Marvel Universe. Uh, what if that happens? That'd I mean, be amazing. It's not out of the question. I would um, I would love that if Disney went through a huge amount of stress because they just... They fell victim to a conservative opponents playing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd just like to point out, I think it's a bad idea for them to rehire him because then it shows that they're willing to concede basically to the mob. Yeah. So if the fans the fans will realize that they can get together and make disney do anything they want yeah. basically uh you start on that route it's really hard to turn that off well this might be a maybe a shareholders thing they had mm-hmm. shareholders vote oh no fox shareholders who was it fox or disney shareholders that, it was disney shareholders that voted yeah yeah disney maybe them. they'll do that maybe it'll be like look this is a pr deal mm-hmm. i say we leave it up to you guys yeah, I Maybe. I still don't think it's likely that they rehire him because I'm sure they realize the risk of yeah. letting fan backlash control them. Oh yeah, because well then they'll end up remaking Last Jedi. Yeah, you you let fan backlash happen, you're gonna get a uh, Justice League. Yeah, where you much. get a two get two movies in one movie and you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so that's that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a thing that I just closed out of by accident all right well i'll say speaking of marvel and fox there is confirmation that all of the uh completed and in production fox movies that they're working on are still going forward as planned new mutants actually has a date now mm-hmm. i don't remember what it is but it's august 29th august 29th that, that's yes. been on the schedule for a while yes good yep uh caitlin jenner wants to play a marvel villain mm-hmm. everyone wants to play a marvel villain or hero because that's where the money is mm-hmm. fucking shut up <laughs> i want to play a marvel villain i would love to be in a marvel movie yeah everyone does yep shut up not surprised <laughs> uh also i do want to oh i just burped uh i do want to add on attack on to something that I said last week about the saga mm-hmm. being on hold uh sean was correct okay uh you couldn't find anything online but i did about two minutes of searching because you didn't really like go in deep yeah because i was you were just like filled, saga recording. canceled what we're yeah. recording um so typically what happens is after a six issue storyline what mm-hmm. they'll do is they'll take like a three-month break okay uh but this time they're taking like a full year break to focus more on family and stuff like that and okay. kind of rest from it so mm-hmm. good on sean for right. knowing comic book news yeah. that we didn't good Hot catch, shit, sean. that happens <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're not perfect with comic book stuff. Well, I'm, did we ever pretend we were? I do with DC comic stuff. Okay. I know everything. <laughs> I know ninety eight percent of things. It just happens that a lot of stuff fits in that two percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. There, there's a uh, lot of stuff. I don't think I have much more. Okay, I have two more things. Uh, the Idris Elba as James Bond rumors are back on. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Barbara Broccoli said that it is time for a person of color to take over the, the mantle, take yeah. over the role. Um, she was talking with Antoine Fuqua, who directed Training Day and the Equalizer movies. Um, and he specifically mentioned Idris Elba as a good candidate for that, but he also doesn't have any control. Yeah. Unless he's going to end up directing one down the road. Yeah. You just jumped, so I'm interested to see what you're <laughs> looking at here. So, uh... <laughs> I take screenshots on my phone of my news app that mm-hmm. kind of concatenates all all news, like comic book pop culture stuff. You just used the word concatenates live on air. I am proud of you. Have I not done that before? I don't think so. I've used the You've heard me use the word before, though, right? I don't think so. Really? I mean, it's a good word. Like, I learned the word when I was learning Excel, because mm-hmm. there's an actual command called concatenate, and it right. just takes... Yeah. I, I have definitely used it in real life. I, I believe you. I mean, you used it so smoothly and convincingly there. <laughs> i'm just i'm very impressed this is genuine i have a good vocabulary fuck yeah. you no. just because i curse about 30 percent of my words doesn't mean i don't have a vocabulary um uh. anyway it puts together a bunch of news um and i'll just take screenshots of it so i can kind of like because it it disappears after a day mm-hmm. it like gets sent down the list by a bunch of us Ugh, other news. Mm-hmm. I just had the choke thing I get whenever I'm reading at church. Mm-hmm. Where I just like in the middle of a... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just... There's one that I completely missed on one of my screenshots. Wildcat rumored to appear on Stargirl TV series. No one knows what that means. Nope. I know what that means. It means the Justice Society of America is coming in. And I'm fucking excited. That means we're going to get a Dr. Fate. We're going to get a uh, Alan Scott Green Lantern. We're going to get a fucking okay, Wildcat and Stargirl. Ooh. Uh who else is on that? Oh, shit. I'm drawing an entire blank. Jay Garrick Flash, which already exists on the CW show. Right? Was that CW show? Did I say? Okay, it doesn't say it's a CW TV series. If it is a CW TV series, then we get old 1970s Flash as the mm-hmm. Jay Garrick Flash in that show. Okay. Um, but no, it's Hawkman. We'll get a Hawkman. Mm-hmm. That basically just means like, hey, look, Justice Society of America from Earth to, from like, golden age okay like before superman was part of it basically well well he was i think i've explained this in a in a past issue he was always technically air quotes part of it Mm -hmm. um they had the justice society which was a bunch of smaller characters that didn't have their own title Mm -hmm. um and then they would basically whenever one of the characters got popular enough to make its own title they would become an honorary member so that they didn't have two people or have two runs with them in it Mm -hmm. and they just like uh retconned batman wonder woman and superman to have always been an honorary member because they've always had an ongoing okay um so that's that that's the justice Society right. of america and why superman and batman aren't in it all right <laughs> so there's a the fun little thing that i just figured out i'm super excited and i'm totally into that star girl show now because wildcat's awesome okay he's just a boxer guy well, he's batman that's i actually i was actually kind of thinking about this the other day who would be in a who would be a better fighter batman or wildcat because like so Batman is known to be the world's greatest detective and second best at everything else, mm-hmm. which means that everything else there's one person who's better than him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who the fighter is. Mm-hmm. It might be Wildcat because that's his big fucking deal. He's just a normal dude that's a boxer. Mm-hmm. What if he could beat up Batman? What if? <laughs> I don't know. Guess we'll find out. All right. Or not. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think uh, that's all the news. I had one more big thing. Okay. Uh, while you say that, I forgot to start the timer. I'm going to go look at the recording and see what's up. Okay. Right. Uh, well, the big news of the week is that the Oscars are adding a popular movie category of some sort starting in 2020. We're at 40 minutes. Nice. This is going to be a long episode. (laughs) I'm okay with that. That's all right. 
Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's actually that is mm, fan service. A little, uh, it, which is totally fine. It'll mm-hmm. get more people to watch the Oscars. Yeah, because no one gives a fuck. Right. But no offense to the people who actually do watch these like really good movies, but yeah. Oscar Beatty, it it no one gives a fuck about those other small movies, indie right. movies. I mean, yeah. Everyone wants to know if Infinity War or Last Jedi is better. Right. So this is. I think it does make sense, especially this year, because um, there's been stuff like Black Panther and Mission Impossible yeah. that'll do really well in the technical categories, but I don't think have enough of a leg to stand on in any of the major ones. Yeah. So this gives them, I think, an opportunity to shine. Yeah. Um, a lot of people feel like this is really patronizing, though. Like, oh, yeah. you're you're all up there on your high horse about your artsy-fartsy movies, and you're going to just throw us, like every normal person on the planet a bone with your little side category for this. Okay. People like you. That's what we'll say. That's kind of what Oscars is saying right now is they just like look straight in the face of like DC or like Marvel, Warner brothers, like Disney in general. Yeah. People like you. Yeah. Here's three other movies that people also like. Yeah. Which one do people like more? (laughs) Um, although I, I do like it. I like that there's another, like, more places for other movies that's not Shape of Water to be nominated. Right. I Yeah, I think it's really worthwhile. Because, don't get me wrong, I love all the Oscar Beatty stuff, and I always get really excited around October when all the really good stuff starts coming out that yeah. no one else watches. But I think it's important to recognize the good popular movies in, like, a very concrete way. Because I also heard the argument that, well, we already have this. It's called Box Office Return. Yeah. But that's not a great metric because the Transformers movies do great, but by no stretch of the imagination are those are they good. good. They're not going to stand up next to a Mission Impossible Fallout or a Black Panther yeah. and come out a winner. So I think it makes sense to actually have an award of people who are apparently, according to our culture, the most qualified to judge movies. I think it makes sense to have those people say, here. <laughs> <laughs> you just saw me like do a full body cringe at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the Oscars are. They say no one watches them, but they're kind of a big deal. Like, the culture yeah. does care about them. Yeah. And so we're saying the Academy has a lot of power to decide what the good movies are. And I think it makes sense to give them some power to say, okay, well, here are also some good popular movies. Yeah. I, I think that gives more legitimacy to, again, I want to see Mission Impossible recognized. I Absolutely. I don't think it legitimately deserves to be in the conversation for Best Picture, mm-hmm. but I want to have, I want to give it its platform because it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. I think that there's, uh, fuck, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Damn it. Rambled too long. Damn it. Shucks. I had a thing and it's gone. Oh, well. Oh, well. Well, we're at 40 minutes. Okay. So let's get into our topic for today. Speaking of Mission Impossible. Speaking of, so our whole thing today is we're talking about movies that are emblematic of their eras. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about Mission Impossible. Are you reading straight from the script you wrote? Nope. Okay, you were looking at your screen pretty intently when you were There's saying that. There's a little that. spider on top of my computer. Ooh, gross. So flicked him away. Um, but yeah, no. So we're kind of talking about movies that really represent the era that they came out. And we're going to focus a lot on Mission Impossible. Because, because it's the ones that I've seen. Right. Those are the ones <laughs> that you've seen. And also we just had one of those. And so we want to talk about it more. Yep. Uh, so I guess let's kind of just go through these in order. Um, okay. Mission Impossible. The first Mission Impossible came out in 1996. Uh, I'm trying to remember. 
I, I remember it being very 90s. Yeah. But I haven't seen it in a while, so right. remind me what the 90s was like, and I uh, will slowly remember the... Well, let's see. I I also haven't seen this in a while, so I can't really speak to, to a great start on this specific episode. 90s-isms. But my whole point with this one was going to be that this comes from the era of, like, super twisty plots. Oh, so you yeah. you got, like, Fight Club and the usual suspects, and this one, like, the whole plot is a mess. Everyone's a double agent, and they're betraying each other, and that yeah. guy's not dead, and everyone's wearing a mask. Yeah. And it's the only, it's it's the sort of movie that only could have worked kind of in that in era 90s, where people yeah. were like, oh, plot twists are cool. Memento came out a few years later. Yeah. Stuff like that. Okay. So the, so the 90s was like, hey, look, straightforward doesn't necessarily make perfect movie. Right. And then, like... 12 years later, they're like, hey, maybe plot twist doesn't necessarily make movie perfect movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood shifts like that. And it's really like I went through the Mission Impossible movies and it's really fun tracking how Hollywood changes with yeah. them. Um, and so I think, yeah, that was a great place to bring back Mission Impossible on the big screen. Yeah. Is a place when this sort of convoluted espionage story is going to play. Yeah. Uh, and it's also, well, I mean, uh, people also forget that Mission Impossible is based on a TV show. Right. That every episode started with what every movie starts with, with the... Um, the little the fuse, being yeah, lit fuse thing and running through credits and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah um oh we should have should have done homework and like watched all the mission impossible and like <laughs> all the episodes i've seen a couple they're it, like it's a good show okay yeah i don't know is it, it about ethan hunt no or is it some other guy no it's some other guy okay yeah, anyway ethan, ethan hunt's a creation for this um but yeah and so that came out and it was a success it's also i guess it has some homages to sort of the early 90s late 80s action movies like um die hard or the the train scene really reminds me of speed the end of speed mm-hmm. um so i guess there's also that okay um then we got mission impossible 2 this and one i feel like is the most embodying right of what it I is i have like a solid paragraph on this one <laughs> so like before matt gets into his smarter things i'm just gonna say my dumb what i observed when i was all watching right it. tell me what you observed it's got the slow motion guitar thing yep. uh at every like uh flying uh motorcycles in the air hitting each other mm-hmm. uh it's got his long flowing hair it's got mm-hmm. the heavy rock music with him yep. rock climbing just for the sake of him being a badass yep uh it's got the uh sports sunglasses mm-hmm. it's like something that people still wear you still wear those yeah that was very early 2000s yep. and everyone wore those cool sunglasses <laughs> the good old days back when i was five <laughs> 2000 2001 i would have been five yeah look at that and this came out in 2000 so yeah um but yeah no it was very much just all of that leather it had the leather you saying this all out now all out loud now i'm like are you just talking about the matrix (laughs) because that came out in 99 and also like the uh like the heavy rock like introduction like the the early credits like also x-men did the same thing yeah like the black leather the they didn't do the wee thing but they had a lot of like the slow motion right stuff going on a lot of action that looked really cool at the time but does not hold nope. up <laughs> nope nope not at uh, all all the matrix holds up pretty well but that's also because it's got a good story behind it it's also covered in green yes everyone exactly. likes green yeah that's it's a great distraction um <laughs> i was i was also going to point out uh that this was really kind of an era of macho hyper masculine protagonists uh-huh um in 2000 alone you had unbreakable gladiator the patriot and fast and furious come out uh-huh. all of which are like man's man movies yeah. and i really like some of those movies but yeah. it's just like you can feel your testosterone starting to boil <laughs> watching these he's <laughs> like oh i'm gonna go shave my head or i'm gonna grow it out i don't know <laughs> yep 
um grow out my head grow out your head yep that's that's how that works yep i realized after i said that that yeah didn't totally make sense like the subject didn't match the verb basically right (laughs) um and so i think all all those factors that you talked about like the the slow motion and the the leather and the stuff and the trying to be really cool and stuff it led to kind of a bad era for movies yeah like you look at the it's so cheesy now um yeah you look at some of the best (laughs) picture winners from that era it's like gladiator one in 2000 um return of the king one in 2003 like those are good movies but you stack them up against some of the best movies from the past five years and they're not going to be in contention don't get me wrong Eh, return of the king return of the king yeah and holds up uh, yeah it's a great movie (laughs) it's a great movie and i think that there's also an argument there that that one's like sort of an achievement award for the entire franchise yeah they're like okay you made this incredible trilogy you adapted these incredibly hard to adapt books and did it beautifully here's your award we're gonna just give you all the oscars on return of the king yeah um it really did gladiator i i love gladiator but you throw that one into 2017 and it's not even gonna get nominated yeah it's a great movie but Uh it's not gonna get nominated it's not infinity war right well infinity war is 2018 right you know what i'm talking about yeah but like yeah it it just doesn't stack up this is also um it's interesting that they went for a sequel right as this is sort of when franchise movies are starting to kick off mm-hmm. i mentioned lord of the rings uh harry potter started in 2001 you mentioned x-men, X-Men. started in 2000 yep. spider-man 2002 mm-hmm. this is when movie studios were like oh hey we can make lots of sequels and make all the monies and it kind of 1999 with star wars started to kind of develop yeah. the star wars franchise franchise right 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 exactly instead of it just being like a pop culture hey these three movies from the 80s were great so yep. it's like hey let's fucking make these out. million movies yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good one i completely forgot about that Woo-hoo! i contributed mm-hmm. contributed ted yeah so also, I, you mentioned fast and furious yeah okay as a franchise oh i, yeah. I forgot about that even though it was a franchise but yeah <laughs> yep still going with that one exactly uh that, that's a really good point a lot of present-day franchises like and you could say like oh mm-hmm. yeah a lot of franchises started like in 2000 it's like present day ones that are still going yeah 18 years in yeah. 20 years in are still going started in like between like 1999 and 2004 right basically there's a lot of stuff there's a lot right of fucking there. franchises yeah because <laughs> um, yeah because lord of the rings was 99 2000 2001 right uh 2001 2002 2003 oh shit you're off i was off yep i remember watching the trailer of like them like walking like cresting the mountain uh-huh and then it was like every person it would put up a year and it was like yeah I remember okay. that. Yeah. I remember there were three years in a row. Yep. So I think the reason this one's so bad is it took all the worst excesses of a bad era for movie making and yeah. slapped him into one. It had good hair. Yep. And it made him a rock climber. Yep. That came back in Fallout. Yep. <laughs> oh, also, be wary of Fallout spoilers. Right. We may end up spoiling Fallout. Uh, Not... We'll, we'll, we'll try to avoid the huge heavy ones. Right. But there will be pretty small ones that... We'll probably y- give away we'll, details. Yeah probably be able to give you if you think about it hard enough the full yeah. spoilers yeah so if you want to go in completely blind definitely ignore us now yeah well keep listening for a little bit before we get when we start getting close <laughs> yeah like when we're like hey ghost recall no fuck protocol yes. protocol gone <laughs> keep mixing it up with ghost recon oh! <laughs> whenever we start talking about ghost protocol no that's four yeah what's the fifth one rogue nation rogue nation once you're talking about rogue nation then you could probably like switch it off mm-hmm. anyway anyway 
on three. to Mission Impossible 3, 2006. Uh, this had jewels, right? This one was one with jewels? Yeah, this is the first one she comes in. She comes in. She gets kidnapped. Yep. Philip Seymour Hoffman's the villain. Yeah. Rabbit's foot. Yep, there we go. Now I'm remembering it. He sprints it. all over the place. All over the fucking place. Yeah. J.J. Oh, Abrams so directs. Oh, yeah, that's his that's, intro. That was his first movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's only done five movies. Are you serious? Yeah. He's done that, two Star, Star Trek, Treks, Super Star, 8, and Star Wars. Star Wars 7. And now he's doing nine. What a dude. Yeah. What a dude. That's, that's insane. It's <laughs> like the epitome <laughs> of a lucky director. Yeah. Um, but 2006, I think, is my favorite year for movies. Because Children of Men, which is my favorite movie, yep. came out that year. Also, Pan's Labyrinth and The Prestige, which are up there for me. Mm-hmm. This came out, which revitalized Mission Impossible. Um, also, interestingly, uh, Casino Royale came out that same year. Revitalized oh. the James Bond franchise yeah. after really bad excesses of the early 2000s run. Yep. So, I thought that was really interesting. Um, so, what's kind of stuff that was really popular at that point? Um, I was... My kind of general point on this was that this is kind of when Hollywood remembered how to make good movies again. Because uh-huh. 2005, 2006, a bunch of good stuff started coming out. Uh, Batman Begins came out yeah. in 2005. Well, when did Furious 5 come out? I'm getting to that, actually. Because okay. that's when that's when that franchise started getting good again. Right, got... yes. No, I, I actually have a point on that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that this is this is kind of when studios were like, okay... All that early 2000s stuff was bad. Let's actually get back to making decent movies. Yeah. Here. Let's have an eye for quality. Tone down the... Right. Make something that's not going to be dated the second it goes to DVD. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, moving right along. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol from 2011. I am remembering what that is about. uh, That he was framed for blowing up a thing. Blown up the Kremlin. Pretty much the Taj Mahal, except not because it's in Russia, right? Kremlin. It's the, Kremlin, yeah. It's the Russian. It's the like, classic thing that's really colorful. Right. Russia sometimes. has all their government people there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then they were like, oh, and then that was the first time that they've actually, like, instead of a weird dry threat where they're like, we'll disavow you, it's like, actually, fucking, we're disavowing you, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> yep. Um, he climbs up the Burj Khalifa, or around that was that was an insane scene right uh so so that what year was that that was 2011 okay give me other movies that came out um right around then well avengers was 2012 uh in 2011 we had x-men first class um fast five around then holy shit yeah this is this is recent yeah so my point on this one is that this is when franchise movies started to figure out what the formula was that worked yeah so this one it's like okay he gets a disavowed we'll have one crazy set piece with tom cruise actually running around on the outside of a building yeah um some good action scenes uh some good quips and it'll be a good good action movie and this is also the era when x-men first class came out and they're Mm -hmm. like okay this is a good x-men story uh avengers was the year after yeah like this is how to make a great so early tens right early was basically kind of a formalizing uh an action movie right kind of began the i guess stabilization of an action genre yeah this is is also when fast five came out which apparently i haven't seen a single fast and furious movie but apparently that's what salvaged the franchise so this is this is really like when the when the culture started accepting hyper reality is a little bit more 
Mm-hmm. I think they, there's something to that. Because, yeah. like, uh, well, they did have, the like, the X-Men and stuff like that, but that's when it, well, yeah. this is when it became, like, mainstream that everyone always went to see them. Right. Like, um, blockbustering mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'll, I'll also point out on the reverse that right around this era, Green Lantern, The Hobbit, Transformers 3 and Pirates 4 all came out, which Maybe was all, sad. all, that's all those brands solidifying that they're not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, my general point is that this is when franchises figured out what they wanted to be and went for it. This is when they and slammed the nail really in. really messed it up. This is when they slammed the nail in. Either yeah. you like nailed it literally, or you like accidentally hit it a little cap- cattywampus and it ended up with the head well, of the nail yep. sideways in the, in the board. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yay analogies. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, moving on. Like, for ten years, it was just kind of tap, 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 tap. Wham! Oh, crap. I got Green Lantern. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. You put a dent in the wood. You're like, actually, with DZ, like, they were tapping, doing really well, and then they, like, missed? Mm -hmm. Instead of, like, ruining the... Because they did... It it didn't ruin the full franchise. No, Dark Knight Rises came out a year later. Yeah. So, like, they hit the wood, and then they, like got it in but it was in a knot so it like went in a little bit further mm-hmm. and then they hit the wood hit the wood hit the wood hit the wood and then wonder woman and they got like one more slam in it <laughs> that that was really shaky a couple more bad hits and it's gonna just break <laughs> break through the wood oh my god there's our analogy for the dc movies yep. always it's not i mean to be fair it's not like marvel's board is looking that much that that much better they had like what spider-man 3 mm, that's uh true. they had iron man 2 yeah fucking they iron fist that yep. like was pretty much like hitting the hammer like they were doing really well hitting the hammer mm-hmm. and then they were just like oh hey i'm gonna use a saw real quick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like dug it back yeah. anyway that's not what we're talking about uh rogue nation 2015 i know zero about this movie you haven't even seen this one right i have seen it once but it was when my okay. parents wanted to watch it and i knew nothing about the franchise all, right. all i remember is simon Pegg was pretty entertaining yeah this is, I this mean, is the introduction of Simon, introdu- introduction of Simon Pegg, wasn't it? Oh no, no he was, no, in, he Ghost was in Ghost Protocol. Yeah, right. which is that's that's kind of when the world realized that. Oh wait, Simon Pegg's a thing. Yeah, it was in between. Let's put him in everything. Pretty much, <laughs> he showed up in Ready Player One. He's like the, he's like the actor equivalent of Chris Hardwick. That's like Hollywood's go-to geek, mm-hmm. and it's totally awesome because he he works right. <laughs> anyway, um. At this point, we're starting to get closer distances between the movies, and so it's a little hard to be specific, but I think that 2015 was a good year for fun blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, First Jurassic World, Force Awakens, um, yeah. Mad Max Fury Road, Creed. Yeah. These are a lot of movies that people were just like, yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. Not, like, super heavy. Rogue Nation kind of fits that. It's yeah. much lighter in tone yeah. than some of the other entries. Yeah. So, I don't know I'd, much more to say. I should have seen it first, and then... yeah. I would um, have more useful information to say, mm-hmm. but I think I think that might be reflective of a, a cultural trend. We talked sort of about how movies reflect cultural trends in our big sci-fi episode, yeah. or two that we've done. Um, I think this might be like uh, we're feeling a little more optimistic in 2015. Um, like we're we have enough distance from 9/11 that that started to fade in the cultural imagination. Yeah, uh, maybe we're just happier about the political situation. Trump hasn't happened yet. Yeah, so at that point, maybe the world's having fun, and then fallout, and then you get to 2018, where everyone's afraid of nuclear shit happening. Right, there's a lot of much darker movies this year. I feel like okay, so we talked about this. A little, okay, so this is where you should kind of wear, wear yourself of right. spoilers because I'm I'm gonna be less 
Now that we've actually said spoiler alert, I'm gonna yeah. Um, understand here. I think that it's this one has accumulated a lot of the franchise really well, and also made it it like I don't know if it did it on purpose, but it accumulated everything throughout the full franchise, mm-hmm. and it just so happened to fit the tone of the world right now. Because mm-hmm. like a world ending like nuke threat is like totally in the vein of Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also terrifyingly real right now. Right. So, and like, so it goes much darker. It goes much, much darker. Very and, deliberately so. Yeah. And I think that is also following the, a trend of darker action movies. It's like, hey, yeah. like, we had... So when was, when was Rogue Nation? Uh, 2015. 2015. Okay, well, 2015, we also had Man of Steel. Uh, uh, that was 2013. 20... Fuck my... Yeah, five geez. years ago. <laughs> fuck my jeans. <laughs> no, um, but we, we have gotten darker movies yeah like, we had infinity war infinity war last jedi yeah uh jurassic world 2 is much darker than yeah. the original so it's starting to get like oh hey action movies are i wouldn't say they're touching on horror themes but they're definitely just getting darker and more like this shit will you will die they're going much more morally ambiguous much darker again again it's like it's sort of like what happened around dark knight yeah. every every movie was a gritty reboot or a dark take on something for about yeah. four years there and this is not really going that direction. It feels more organic. More organic that it's actually just getting darker. And it's their right. own original content, too. Right. And it's so it, I think this is because it's spun out of a cultural thing instead of just imitating a movie. Yeah. So I think I think that's my point on that one. Yep. Um, I'll also point out that it had great action, and that's kind of been a hallmark of the past few years. Oh, yeah. Like, they've had, like... They know what action fights look like now. Yeah. And make them work. Look at every MCU movie from the past couple of years, and they've had really great action. (laughs) Winter Soldier. Yeah, pretty much. I think Winter Soldier... Do you think... Would you say that Winter Soldier is, like, the first one that was like, hey, look, fast-paced, fist-fighting, long-take kind of stuff Mm -hmm. works really well? I think it might have been one of the ones that kicked off. Because I don't... I can't really remember one that was as, like iconic not only iconic but like memorable before that memorable as that one because that one was just like it's just instead of like super like a a whole bunch of cuts around to like each face no there was no slow motion it was just yeah looking at them fight it out yeah and then that became a thing Mm -hmm. very much lately with infinity war iron man versus thanos like Mm -hmm. just duking it out no slow motion just them going at it yeah uh mission fallout was just them Mm -hmm. just duking it out yeah i want to do a whole episode on this at some point oh absolutely i I think we're living in a golden age of movie like post 20 post 2016 or so yeah when was when was winter soldier might have been 2014 because it was holy crap you're right before before ultron Ultron. which was 2015 yeah oh my god yeah i'm bad on my ears today usually i'm okay i've Mm -hmm. had i've had a couple episodes where i got really lucky with the years that i said like nailed Uh it but you're just all today all i'm all there. wrong yeah i have a few other examples of just completely different movies that oh sure absolutely and this this is going to be much broader um but i'll i'd like to touch on some of these um speaking of modern action being great the john wick franchise uh-huh. which you need to check out at yeah. some point when They're was the first one 2015 i want to say really i think so that was that recent maybe 2016 oh shit yeah no those are like very recent oh okay um but i especially wanted to touch on john wick 2 because partly great action and then partly they have a deaf and or mute character so they can use sign language which has been a weirdly common thing like the past three years yeah um i listed shape of water sicario 2 quiet place baby driver and the planet of the apes trilogy that's really ironic 
that they're like, hey, let's put deaf people in sign language in movies. Mm-hmm. But let's also push back on putting uh, subtitles in movies on in movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's almost a tokenizing thing where they're trying to oh, bring yeah, that fair. word back. Where they're they're, yeah. they're getting inclusion. Um, well, so I need to find a way to bring my drinking catenate back. Right. <laughs> well, they're saying they can be inclusive now, and so they feel like they have a leg to stand on for pushing back on yeah. subtitles. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, but no, this has been a this has been a thing forever of movies sort of um, typifying a particular era. Uh, did Avatar embody its era at all? What year did that come out? That was two thousand nine, I think. So two thousand nine would have been around. That was year after Dark Knight, year after Iron Man. Um, so not really. That feels like one that would have been more of a genre defining one because it was so high budget and so much effects and stuff. Yeah. Like I remember after that for a couple years, every movie had to be 3d. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of tailed off, but thank God. Yeah. It's like, go watch it in 3d. Right. That's, I think that's a different discussion though, is movies that kicked off their own series of imitators like dark knight like so i just want to like really point out and just shit all over myself for what i what just happened Mm -hmm. so like i had a joke that i was gonna make i was like go watch it in 3d and then i forgot what the rest of the joke was and you continued talking so it was just me going well go go watch it in 3d and it made no sense it was not funny at all it was just there it just me saying a thing that people used to say and now it's now i sounded ridiculous yep yes you do as usual but i made it relatively funny by pointing out how ridiculous i sounded exactly yay self-depreciation whoop uh anyway anyway um my dad actually noticed this trend of um classic movies from the 30s kept getting remade as musicals in the 50s huh because my dad's really into musicals yeah and so he was watching a bunch of these and he just i thought we said no singing on the podcast Come on, my mom man. and i were whistling that yesterday okay <laughs> no really weird but this happened a lot like i just cold called him earlier today to get a few examples and he came up with like three or four off the top of his head and oh, there's shit. a handful more so um speaking of your dad i apologize mr dalthorpe for how much i cuss <laughs> So apparently you actually like pointed that out. I have legitimately tried like in the past few episodes to like cuss a little less, but it's so habit now yep. that I really struggle to actually get it to yeah. stop. We had to stage an intervention and everything. It was bad. <laughs> it was a giant banner. There was like nine people there. It was really yep. bad. Yep. I cried. It was, it was sad. We have it all filmed. We'll post it on our YouTube. God. <laughs> now we got to go do an intervention. Uh, now we got to go stage one of these things. Anyway, though, um, I was going to say uh, My Fair Lady is kind of a very typifying one of that. <laughs> Pretty much. But that's that's a remake of Pygmalion, which is a, well, it was a 30s movie, but before that it was a play. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's a musical remake. It's also got Audrey Hepburn, who was everywhere in the 50s and early 60s. Mm-hmm. Um um, other examples include there was uh, Ninochka, which was remade as Silk Stockings. Um, a Star is Born, which was originally in the 30s. It's just a oh, drama. This year, didn't it? Was it Lady Gaga? I'm getting to this. Oh, shit. They remade it in the 50s as a musical. <laughs> they remade it in the 70s, as again, as a musical with Barbara Streisand. And they're remaking it again this year with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Yeah. So I don't know if there's ever been a movie that's been remade three times since the original but i'm sure there has probably i if you count like if you give dracula both, or something if you give both of us like property. a solid like minute of like silence we could probably come up with several different examples well except i've thought about it like if we assume that we start from a movie that is like just an original movie 
in the beginning. Well, you said that it started off as a play. So it didn't start off no, as no, a No, no, no. That was, that was Pygmalion. This oh. one, Star is Born, just, it was a movie in the 30s. And it's now oh. being remade for, this is the third remake. Oh. That's coming out. Okay. We need to do our episode on re-stuff. Yeah. So we'll talk we'll talk about that then. But I, I thought that that was an interesting trend. Maybe that'll be our next episode. Kind mm-hmm. of bleed that into, like, remakes. It'll be our re-stuff. So reimaginings, remakes, re mm-hmm. sequels. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> sequels pre- uh yeah. <laughs> sequels, prequels, anything that follows up another movie. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Okay. Um I think getting back to the cultural aspect, this one it kind of makes sense. The thirties was when we first had talkies. We could actually do sound on film, so yeah. I think people were just like, Oh, here's a bunch of good stories that we're gonna make movies out of. And then so. a dictator. Uh, yep. And then Which was really good. Mm-hmm. And so thirties movies, they had a bunch of really good stories and stuff, and then the World War Two happened, and then they were like, oh, okay, well, that was dark, but now we're in the 50s, and the 50s are all happy-go-lucky, so we'll have musical re- happy, reinterpretations happy, happy. of yep. all these stories that we already know are good. Yep. Um, speaking of post-war stuff, there's a whole bunch of World War Two movies, like, in the 60s and 70s. Is that Sound of Music World War Two? No, that's... Yeah, that's... No. It's around World War Two. That's the I one mean, I'm thinking of. It's not during the war, but... Like, there's another. There's another musical movie that I thought was... World War Two, but it's Civil War, or something. Ignore me. I don't know. Ignore me. Um, I know nothing. <laughs> and then uh, the one last point I wanted to make is that basically forever westerns have been a great indicator of the cultural pulse uh-huh. and sort of our, I don't know, general sensibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go back to the '30s. The '30s westerns. Like, they didn't really start until the late 30s, I think, are really dark. So, the um, you have, like, Stagecoach was pretty dark. That was 39. Mm-hmm. Um, 1943, the Oxbow Incident is, like, almost an anti-Western. It's hmm. basically, it follows a mob of people who um, catch some people that they think are murderers and hang them. And then they realize that they're not. And so, it's sort of this debate. They're, like, the whole, it basically ends with them getting hung. Okay. Oh, um, Fun. Yeah, Yay. no, it's 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 a really great movie, but it's also really grim, and I think that because um, it's 1943, so I think that reflects the wartime sentiments. Yeah. Um, but then you get more optimistic ones. You get the Searchers um, and High Noon, which again, westerns are kind of a darker genre in general, but those ones are, I guess, a little more optimistic. Yeah. And those are the 50s. Um, they get a little more morally complicated in the 60s when the civil rights movement starts happening, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of social upheaval. You get stuff like true grit the man who shot liberty valance which are kind of different takes on the genre mm-hmm. um and then as the social unrest becomes more codified you get the anti-vietnam sentiment and stuff um you get a lot of westerns in the late 60s and early 70s where the hero is just an outright bad guy so huh. basically any clint eastwood western from yeah. that era good the bad and the ugly uh two mules for sister sarah outlaw Jesse wales all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, also, Once Upon the Time in the West, which is um, all-time great Western, but it's the main guy is very much a bad guy. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. And then if you come to the modern day, basically um, the post-9-11, um, especially modern Westerns, are really dark and amoral, like No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Um, sort of There Will Be for Blood. There Will Be for Blood. There will be blood, sort of that one. There will be blood. There will be blood four. There will be the fourth one. (laughs) There will be four bloods. 
All four of them. <laughs> yeah, there's this person, and you're going to shoot him in all four of his all blood. All four of his bloods. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but those are very dark, and they there's much less moralizing. There's much less, here's a good guy, here's a bad guy. Yeah. And also, um, Taylor Sheridan has kind of been like this, which I want to do a whole episode on him because he's a fascinating dude. But he does a lot of these really amoral westerns where there's not really defined good guys and bad guys and Mm -hmm. everything's dark and murky and unclear okay and so i just think it's really interesting that westerns have always been indicative of what's going on in society as a whole it might be something about like how americans identify with the frontier yeah because that's i mean yeah i don't know because that's sort of always been the american ethos right it's like, like the western cowboys yeah. cowboys in the frontier and we're expanding and we're exploring and yeah. we're building new things and so space force right exactly <laughs> topical <laughs> and so i don't know maybe our stories about the frontier then are more closely tied to something deep in like our actual cultural yeah. spirit there we I go we it. made a point yay <laughs> something we don't often do yep well well, I'm out of stuff to say, so we'd better shall. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to this long and rambling very episode. Long episode. Very long. I, I think it went pretty well, but yeah. it was it was long. We had good um, we had good things to say. And thanks stuff. thanks for sticking it out. Check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, listen, follow, subscribe, like, leave reviews, do all the various things that the various mediums request of you. Um, don't forget to hit us up on Facebook and don't hit us. Um, not literally because it's not nice not nice to hit people like to be hit um but check us out on facebook we usually will post like if we're planning on doing an episode we'll ask a question about it or something or uh next episode is going to be re-stuff so like remakes reimaginings sequels uh re we had a whole list of things yeah we'll 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 post some of that stuff and if you've got more ideas for things or movies that you specifically want us to cover Yep. Um, you should do that. Anything, basically anything that's not an original idea entirely. Right. We'll kind of like, we might do multiple episodes of this, mm-hmm. depending on how many of each type there is. Mm-hmm. We'll avoid large ones like, oh, hey, prequel Star Wars. Don't really need to tackle that one. I'm thinking of stuff like Maleficent. Right. Where it's like an entirely reimagining thing of a character and making a movie right. based on a character that exists. Stuff that's actually interesting to talk about. Not, hey, those Star Wars prequels are sure bad. Yeah. Didn't we do a couple episodes on that? Probably. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can also find us on Twitter at JusticeLosersPod at Twitter.com, which is not how that works, but yep. I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, we're also at Gmail, JusticeLosersPod at Gmail.com. And we have an Instagram now, JusticeLosersPod. Yep. There are two posts. Yep, and maybe I'll actually remember that that exists sometime when I'm doing something relevant and take a picture. So, yeah. Not when you're peeing. No, that's not relevant. Or when you're I mean, pooping. it's relevant for you because you talked about it earlier. Did I? Oh, I to. did, yeah. yeah. Or when you're pooping because this is shit. Ah! Okay, bye. I forgot to say thanks for Oh, watching. shit. Oh, thanks for watching. Thank- They're not watching you. For Listening. Them. Oh, my God. What is wrong with me today? <laughs> The same number of things that is wrong with you on a normal day, plus a couple, it seems like. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. All right. You got one earlier. Okay. Bye.